0: And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode twelve of the Fretzel Mania podcast. I am your host, Mr. Frets. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the legendary JF. You can find this podcast F R E T Z L E Mania on, <coughs> excuse me, Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Stitcher, Breaker, and on. Anchor.fm Today, I'm going to be talking about my top 10 favorite Wrestlemania matches. Now, with 34 years of of Wrestlemania, it's really, really difficult to to try and break down 10 matches out of those years. So, I threw in a couple of honorable mentions, so it's going to be more like 14, 15... Because there's just so much content and so much history to uh, to go through. So, WrestleMania, it's uh, about a week and a half away. And I'm excited. Just Well, I'm not going there, obviously. <laughs> I cannot afford it. But I am content enough to get in my comfy chair, get a 12-pack of beer a bag of Doritos, and some homemade pretzels with cheese dip, and just unwind, have a good night, and uh, watch some professional wrestling. Something that I love so much, so much dearly. So without further ado, honorable mentions in no particular order, starting with the inaugural... Pardon me, Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 21 between Edge, Chris Benoit, Kane, Chris Jericho, Shelton Benjamin, and Christian. Now, this was an idea. I believe it was thrown around by Chris Jericho to have, not a title, but a title shot contract contract suspended above the ring and have a ladder match for it now i think wcw had something like this with that ridiculous you know different box in every corner match something with russo something stupid or maybe it was born out of just a brand new concept itself um and I'm not gonna go like move by move spot by spot like I usually do in my uh pay-per-view breakdowns. I'm just gonna just shoot the shit here and tell you about why I love this match. It's just it's such an inventive and great, great idea, a great concept, and it the money in the bank contract, it provides just such captivating and exciting TV. It's like Excuse me again. Um, like tonight on Raw, John Cena is going to be defending the WWE title against Carlito, and then you get uh, oh, who's who's looming in the background? Who's uh, uh, oh oh that's Edge with the Money in the Bank contract. He can cash in at any time and win the WWE WWE title. Now, in a sense, this kind it, it appears to um reek a little bit of the hardcore title 24 7 rule but that's i think the fun part is because you never know when the money in the bank briefcase wielder is going to cash in and potentially win uh their championship and i i really like here that um edge hangs on to his his contract for almost a year because you have three hundred and sixty five days or a three sixty six leap year to um to cash in and it's it's so it's so exciting and then when we finally see edge you know come in and cash in his contract and win the title at was it New year's revolution I believe it was it's it's a pop. It's huge. It's cool. I mean, I like it when they hang on to it forever. Like Dolph Ziggler is an example. He hung on he hung on to it for about eight, nine months. He he might as well have been able to make a baby with that briefcase. Uh you know, the Miz, I think was maybe about five, six months. Uh, I can't think of anyone else who held on to it for a for a very long time. Uh, but I also like when they cash in the same night or very soon thereafter. Like Jack Swagger was two days after on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss was that same night on Nia Jax. Uh, Kane was that same night on Rey Mysterio. It's just such an amazing concept. And I thought that the first match in this um, uh, of this match type was was phenomenal. You had your great spots. You had Shelton Benjamin, who was always a highlight reel in Every ladder match he's been in, whether he's, you know, walking up the rung like it's uh like it's a stair wrong ladder like it's a staircase, or he's doing like a flip off the tippy top of the ladder, or he's just being incredibly athletic, you know, springboard into the super kick. Although that wasn't in a ladder match, you get it. Uh, phenomenal, well done. Uh, next honorable mention is just it's a funny match. It's a guilty pleasure. It's WrestleMania X Seven. It's the hardcore title. Kane, Big Show, and Raven. Uh, I break down this match in uh, in the Game Changer podcast with Nate the effing great, good brother, uh, great friend. Uh, check out that, uh, that review if you want to hear me uh, talk about that match. It was, it's a guilty pleasure, it's funny. So, Game Changer podcast, WrestleMania X7. Nate and I broke that down. Uh, this next match is also... Uh, From a pay-per-view that Nate and I reviewed. And it's from WrestleMania 20. And it is the World Heavyweight Championship Triple Threat Match. Match, excuse me. Between Chris Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Now, Benoit had just won the Royal Rumble. And decided to draft himself to Monday Night Raw. And hunt for the... World Heavyweight title. Now, going into the War Rumble, when he was on SmackDown, General Manager Paul Heyman put the odds against him, and it's like, you're going to be the number one entrant. Okay. And what does Benoit do? He wins the War Rumble at number one. Who did that before? Why none other than Shawn Michaels, who is in this match. Hmm, that's ironic. And Michaels' involvement in this match is... I don't want to say controversial because it was just initially Benoit and Triple H, but since Triple H and Shawn Michaels' last man standing match ended in a bullshit draw double countout, I guess we needed uh, to find out who was better. And to also stack the odds against Chris Benoit, making his title win more meaningful, making that crescendo more powerful, and the moment even more amazing. And the... Uh, the part at the end when Eddie comes out and hugs him—it's just—it's right in the feels. Once again, I broke that down with Nate. Check out the Game Changer podcast. We we talked about that. He's on Spreaker.com. Look look for it there. It's a it's a phenomenal podcast. Uh, this next one is also a triple threat match, and it's also a world title match, and it is Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Batista, WrestleMania 30. And I think that this match, in a way, parallels the previous triple threat I just talked about. And it's not just because Daniel Bryan also uses the flying headbutt, he also uses the crossface. I thought that comparison at first was a little bit uh, cryptic. I don't know if that's the right word, but anyways... Bryan was another wrestler. He had the odds stacked against him, and he's the ultimate underdog. He had the rug taken out from under him when he beat John Cena clean as a whistle at uh, SummerSlam 2013, I believe it was. Triple H was the referee. Oh, what does he do after the match? Pedigree. Out comes Randy Orton to cash in. And since then, Daniel Bryan had either a faux title win or he had the rug taken out from under under him and he was screwed uh and he just became the ultimate baby face. The yes movement was born. And the hilarious and perfect irony that he is on the other side of a B plus player Kofi Kingston movement, uh type thing this year at WrestleMania, five years later. And it would just be the perfect full circle moment. Take a shot, Nate. Uh, When Kofi wins the title. Because I think it's going to happen. And a lot of people are like. Oh if Kofi wins the title. Then Seth Rollins and Becky might not win their titles. No. I think all three is going to happen. Why? I just do. I'm. For a pessimist I'm pretty optimistic. And if you get that reference. DM me. I will send you something. Actually no I won't. Just DM me and tell you you got me that reference. So without further ado. Again, here is my actual top 10 list of my favorite WrestleMania matches starting at number 10. And that is WrestleMania 3, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage, Intercontinental title. Now, technical matches, in parentheses, they weren't really a thing in 1987. uh, 80s wrestling was known for Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men going up against bigger sweatier men. Um, you know that was this was showcased by the historic Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant match, you know, Hogan slams Andre in front of allegedly th- 93,000 fans at the Pontiac Silverdome, not the Superdome Hulk. So this Steamboat and Savage match I think is something that is kind of it's under the radar but it's also like a smart favorite. And it is, it's a masterpiece, you know, Steamboat was uh, taken out about, what, six to eight months before that by Savage, who did the uh, throat on the guardrail gimmick, and Steamboat was like, you know, crushed his throat, or was not oh, so he's choking, he's gonna kill him, or whatever, then Steamboat comes back, It's a measure of revenge, and wins the Intercontinental title in a five-star classic. Coming up next is another Macho Man Randy Savage match. Spoiler, we're going to see some repeat offenders in here because it's WrestleMania. (laughs) So we have Randy Savage against the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 7, the retirement match. Now, Ultimate Warrior was not a good wrestler. He was pretty bad in the ring. So put him up against a an amazing wrestler, someone who can put the shine on like like Macho Man Randy Savage and polish that turd. It ended up being a very good match. You had the you know the storyline of, you know, one of us must go. You know, Macho Man had cost uh Warrior the WWE title against Sgt. Slaughter at the Royal Rumble. We had just Savage just being an absolute bastard being the Macho King. Ooh yeah. At the time with Sensational Queen Sherry. But what does it for me is also the ending of this match. You know, Macho Man loses. He has to retire. And what happens? But hey, Queen Sherry is out of a job. So she's naturally pissed and just starts walloping a, a tired, disheveled, defeated Macho Man. In comes Elizabeth to make the save who at the time they were like, yeah, they weren't seeing eye to eye on TV. And, you know, the camera kept panning over. It's like, it's Elizabeth. Like, Oh, and you know, what if Bobby Heenan shouted, "Whose side is she on here? But the moment at the end, when, you know, she dumps out Sherry, Macho Man turns around and realizes it's her. They're staring at each other. They're, She's crying. The crowd's crying. They're ready for it. Oh, they embrace. Everyone's bawling. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny what I was doing, but man, that's a moment that just gets you right in the feels. And all four four of those per- people involved in that match, they're all gone. I mean, looking back at these early WrestleManias, it's just sad knowing how many of these icons of our childhood are dead. Uh, it's it's a rough business, man. So, this of course was the beginning of their uh, on-screen relationship being rekindled. Seeing the infamous, you know, wedding at Summerslam, the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. And it's man, it's great storytelling. It was phenomenal. And this next match, though is another great storytelling match but it was also electric the atmosphere here was amazing and it is the rock versus hulk hogan from wrestlemania x8 now i just reviewed this on my on my podcast so you can go back into the archives and listen to my review of wrestlemania x8 and i will break that match down there was electricity in the air here it was just so fun you know Hogan kind of having a homecoming back into the WWE, you know, a year after WCW closed its doors. And he was already long quit WCW at that point anyways. And I can I can confirm that up, up here in Canada, up here in Ontario, uh, Hogan was popular. We loved the NWO up here. Like, a lot of us at my school, like my older relatives, we loved the NWO. We had NWO shirts and everything. Like, you name it, we had it nwo was over in canada uh the rock you know despite the fact he is half canadian quarter canadian something like that uh every time he touched hogan he got booed hogan got easily the pop of the night more than you know triple h winning the undisputed championship more than stone cold steve austin hulk was the guy and it was right there was the catalyst of his face turn and then all of a sudden we saw Red and Yellow, Real American, Voodoo Child, Jimi Hendrix. Red and Yellow, Feather Boa, WWE Champion, Hulk Hogan. And you know what? Despite his fairly recent, horrid, abhorrent, racist comments. I mean, it's right now it's difficult to go back and kind of praise that. Knowing what he is now, but. My God, that match, the electricity. Listen to the the archives and you'll, you'll hear my breakdown of it. Number seven, Mick Foley versus Edge in a hardcore match from WrestleMania 22. Now this, this was perfect. I mean, you had Mick Foley, who was like a referee or something for a title defense against Edge that he lost. He lost the championship back to john c you know this was you know we're circling back from the money in the bank match full circle take a shot uh and you know you know edge doesn't like it so he beats up mcfoley now we're in this hardcore match we have you know your usual hardcore ecw-esque stuff with you know tables and barbed wire and chairs and flaming tables and even joey styles calling the match oh my god and this was under i don't want to say underrated because everyone loves this match who's who's watched it but go back and watch this everyone from lita to edge to mcfoley to joey styles to the referee everyone played their part perfectly it was phenomenal Now these next few matches are going to have some repeat offenders, again, because, spoiler alert, it has Mr. WrestleMania in the next three. So at number six, we have Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, ladder match, WrestleMania 10. What more can I say? I mean, this put the ladder match on the map. It's why we have, you know, sometimes have ladder matches, TLC, Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania coming full circle again, take a shot. Uh yeah, this was just this was perfect. This was the one that began it all. You had, you know, Razor Ramon winning the vacant Intercontinental title from Rick Martel after a battle royal, and then Shawn Michaels coming back as the as the quote Intercontinental champion, like, oh Highlander, there can only be one. So yeah, suspend both titles up and you have a hell of a ladder match that Razor Ramon wins. Like, perfect. Just, if it wasn't for another entry in this list, this would be my favorite match from WrestleMania 10. Maybe one of my well favorites ever. Well, obviously it's not, because going on to number five is Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Now, I can't figure out which one I like more. The career versus streak match, or the first one. And everyone just, says, you know, oh, first one's better, WrestleMania 25, without a doubt, and you know what, I I'll, I will agree, but I do like 26, because it has higher stakes, and because Shawn Michaels was retired and dropped on his head, in case you can't tell, I'm not a big Shawn Michaels fan, uh, it's not because of the Montreal screw job and me being Canadian, and everything, there's a little bit to do with it, but at this point in time, you know, Sean Michaels got back into my good, in my good books because his, his story of coming into faith, faith in Jesus was very inspiring as, as a Christian myself, uh, just every, everything he went through and he found solace, he found strength in, in the Lord. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's admirable, you know, I'm, I see him and it's like, I know he's not preachy and you know, I like that because, you know, you'll, if you know me, I'm not, I'm not a preachy guy myself, but it's just so admirable to see how he's come, come out of his, um, of his, I'll say his slump, his, 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 his rough, uh, adult, adulthood, I don't know what, his rough life from about 96 to 2001 or something. And then finally he found Christ. And, there we go. He was out on TV in 2002 wearing Bible verse shirts, so I thought that was really cool too. Um, so yeah, HBK Undertaker. But let's put screw it. It's my list. I'll put both matches on. They're they're both fantastic. And that one that one thing that moon salt that got caught in the tombstone. That was it. That was phenomenal, and yeah. And the next one is Shawn Michaels at number four Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. My goodness, this match was just an absolute technical clinic. You know, Angle, I think, was still working on some really gnarly uh, neck problems, still stemming from his, you know, winning the Olympic gold medal on a broken freaking neck. And he put on a clinic and just. Spot after spot. You know, I'm not going to break down this match. Go out and watch it. Stop listening to me right now. Watch this match and come back to me. Like the announce table spot and, you know, your angle slams, your suplexes, your sweet chin musics. And then Kurt Angle making him tap. And I'm, I've been a big Kurt Angle fan since day one. And that was just ah, magnifique. It was perfect for me. A number, these last three were hard to choose from. So, number three, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin submission match, WrestleMania 13. Just everything was per, played out perfectly. You had your the double turn, the double turn. You had the iconic shot of you know Steve Austin bloody screaming in the Sharpshooter. He passes out from the pain. He doesn't tap out. He passes out from the pain. Bret Hart just being a bastard, being a a bit of a dick, and just turning the heel up a little bit until he becomes a full-fledged heel, like right after this. Uh, Austin was on the cusp of superstardom. He was just about to break through that glass ceiling, grab that brass ring, and just ride it to the top. And this match helped him that, and this was kind of also considered the genesis or the conception of the Attitude Era, and I can see that with everything. Even the crowd helped him that this this uh, dastardly Chicago crowd um, just cheering the crap out of Steve Austin because you know he's anti-authority, he's he's this, he's that, he's supposed to be a heel, but he's. Uber popular. It's kind of like the Eddie Guerrero syndrome where Eddie Guerrero was he lied, he cheat, and he stole, but he's a babyface. Like it makes in a way it makes no sense, but it also makes perfect sense. Ah, Bret Hart and Austin, just top-notch. And before I do my last two matches, I'm gonna take a quick non-commercial commercial break. So uh stay tuned. Number two. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10, brother versus brother, opening match of the show. This match was everything. You had the jealous, bratty little brother going up against the big brother who didn't want to fight until they did. And Owen Hart just playing that little snot-nosed, snobby little nugget was perfect. He was, he was so damn good. And i I miss Owen so much. It's 20 years since he's been gone. And I'm gonna be doing a retrospective and a, another like two different podcasts about Owen Hart this year. And you'll see when you when we get there. Um and these two have probably in wrestling in the dungeon since they were like in diapers. So they knew each other, like the back of their hand and the, it showed him this match. And it was, it was phenomenal. You had Bret Hart was giving it to him and Owen Hart was taking it and giving it right back. And you had Owen Hart, you know, reversing a, a roll up into one of his own and winning. And then you saw you know, the, ca- the camera kind of panned way out, but you saw like Owen Hart just flipped him off. Like, yeah, I got you, Brett. I got you. I beat you. And, you know, like, infamously earlier in the leg was like, that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. And this catapulted one of the best feuds of all time. You had a, a cage match at SummerSlam. You had Owen Hart in the corner of Bob Backlund at Survivor Series. And he was just being like, no, like, just, in, in the corner of Bob Backlund and demanding that Helen Hart throw in the towel from the crossface faced chicken wing. And then he's just like, whoa, I did it. But Bob Backlund won. So, oh, my God, Owen Hart. Yeah, and this match was just a tech, another technical masterpiece. It was, to this day, one of the best matches of, of all time. And one that you should go out of your way to watch. And watch many times. And speaking of a match you should watch many times, in case you haven't been able to tell, by now, my number one favorite WrestleMania match, WrestleMania X7, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs Two, oh oh my. Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, the centerpiece of the tag team division of the Attitude Era of Of 2000, 2001. And this was the last, I think, the last time these three teams faced off in a match. Well, if you, not if you count, um, I think there was a TLC on SmackDown just after this that involved them and Jericho and and Benoit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But you had just... Car crash after car crash in this match. This is again, you know, me and Nate broke this one down, so you can listen to us completely lose our shit during the during the coverage of this match. Of course you had all the like, you know, everyone going through through tables. You had the swanton after the top of the ladder going through the table. You had you had that spear. Yes, that spear, you know what one I mean. The one that's off of the ladder th- through a dangling Jeff Hardy, yeah, that that's my favorite one. And as I said, it's it's in it's in the archives if you want if you want me to hear me break this one down, but it was phenomenal. Now, this was a very, very difficult list to to put together. I had to even just I looked at a master list of all the WrestleMania matches, and I just had to go pick here, pick there, pick there, pick there, and then put them in the right order. If I did another list like this in a couple of years, maybe it'd be the same, but certain things would be out of order. I don't know. But this was something I just got off the top of my head. And just in case I don't do any shows until until after WrestleMania, because well, the busy season will soon be upon us. I mean, next week we have we have inventory at my work, and then we have, you know, Easter will be coming up after WrestleMania. And then the beach will be packed. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good time. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in, uh, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, I might do a WrestleMania prediction show next week. If the final card is set by Monday or Thursday, if not, then I'm probably going to be doing a WrestleMania review the week or so after so stay tuned for that on the blog I'm working for I think I I forgot what I've been doing on the blog I haven't been down there in a while I started doing a Wrestlemania rebooking of 15 that you know you've already heard here in the archives that I just kind of wanted to get up in the blog and I started working on one with Kurt Angle and they've been on the back burner so I might just kbosh those completely and maybe just start working on on my own heart stuff because it's the end of March, you know may will be coming up, and that'll be the twentieth anniversary of his death, so I might just start getting into my own heart stuff here now uh in April it's in the uh, beta planning but me me and Nate might be doing some backlash reviews, so you can stay tuned for those on the game changer side of things and oh in case you haven't heard uh the last game changer podcast i i actually joined the game changer network and it's it's awesome we're just we're, we're figuring out what we're going to do yet. So uh, I hope you can stay tuned for that. So thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. And we'll see you next time.